podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening and welcome to Voices of a Vic podcast with me, Ben Ayton. I'm joined tonight by Cameron Smart and also special guest Tom Wicks from the Golden Pages. And um, Firstly, I'll come to Cam first. Cam, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm, I'm very well. I've just... Uh... Obviously, got back from Leicester uh, from the Watford game yesterday. My my first one back after this long illness I've had, and not not what I was hoping for, but um, yeah, good good enjoyable day out. Yeah, how about yourself? Yeah, no, all good, thank you. I've had had the fun and pleasure of a run around soft play today. Um, I thought it was going to be one of those soft plays where you sit down with a nice cup of uh, coffee and just watch from a distance, but it was actually a massive soft play, so I couldn't let Isla go in unattended, so she had me running ragged, so I think I've done about three miles on my hands and knees today. So, yeah, other than that, absolutely fine, mate. Um, Tom? Thank you for coming back on tonight, mate. It's been a while since you've been on. Firstly, how are you doing? And do you want to talk to us about your latest issue of the fanzine that's been out recently? Yeah, cheers. No, thank, thanks for having me on. It's always a, always a pleasure. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not too bad. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I quite enjoyed yesterday's game. But well, yeah, I'm sure we'll discuss that uh, a bit later on. And yeah, as you mentioned, I've got, I've got a copy here with me. Um, that's the latest issue. Um, <laughs> bit of a... Bit of a Jake Livermore love in, in that one. So, uh, yeah, and I, I met him. Yes, exactly, yes. Uh, and I, I met him and gave him a copy as well. So, uh, yeah, no, it's, um, that's on sale for the next few games. Um, usual spot, Yellow Brick Road. You can't miss me. So, uh, yeah. Fantastic. We make sure you go see Tom for our next home game as well. We have plenty of copies of a fanzine, so really worth um, spending your money on um, the, the copy of a fanzine. Um, but we are here to discuss Watford's 2-1 home defeat to Leicester City yesterday. Top of the table, Leicester City. Um, I think we was all kind of dreading it going into that, especially with our form lately. Watford haven't actually won at home since Norwich in the late November, the 3-2 win in the league. So it's it's been an awful long time. Of course, we won that FA Cup league, um, FA Cup game against Chesterfield 2-1, but we left it late in that game. So our form hasn't been great at home. Um, so the team news for Watford was Ben Hamer and Go, um, a back four of Jamal Lewis, Wesley Hoot, Ryan Porteous and Tom Deli Bashiru. Um, midfield of Jake Livermore, Ismail Kone and Chat Badaski. And then you had Ken Sema, Mateus Martins and Vacuum Bio through the centre. Cam, I just talked about briefly our home form leading into this game. With Leicester coming to town, were, were you a bit worried yesterday? And did the, the team news give you much hope for what was going to come? Yeah, I was worried because they they beat absolutely everyone, and I I didn't see any reason why with the form we're in we should be the ones to change that. But um, I I completely forgot that we haven't won since Norwich because I think although we've not been winning, a lot of the games have been sort of overwhelmingly positive. There was there was Southampton and Ipswich were very positive games, and um, there there was a Stoke game sort of uh, end of last year that we we probably could have won, and then. I think the only really bad one was, was Cardiff. So, yeah, it, it feels quite weird that um, that we haven't won since then. But what can we do? Um, in terms of the lineup, I was actually quite disappointed with with what uh, what Val put out because I said on the preview the way we're going to get at Leicester is by countering, and you counter with pace. We left Aspria, Andrews, and Emmanuel Dennis on the bench. And we went with um, Martins and Semmer on the wings. Who they're not—they're not pacey counter-attacking wingers, are they? They're sort of—they're they're players who, who want to see more of the ball, and and they're not the quickest. So, yeah, I was a bit disappointed with that. I, I thought that was the way we were going to get at them. But um, look, other than that, it, it was nice to see Ken back, I guess, and probably the the strongest back. Well, actually, no, because Delhi Bashiru. That was a real surprise to me because I thought after after Ryan Andrews getting a little rest in the week, being left on the bench, I thought he'd be nailed on spot. So, yeah, it, some of it was weird to me, but uh, I don't know. I'm I'm intrigued to hear what you think. Yeah, it was Ken Semmer's first um, league start for Watford since Boxing Day, and that four-one home defeat to Bristol City. <laughs> um, so, uh, but for one, yeah, for one change, I was a bit 
confused by Cam, and you've mentioned it here, was Tom Delhi um, going right back and Ryan Andrews not being on the bench because obviously we saw the the lineup against Southampton during the week and there was no Ryan Andrews. So I thought, okay, going to keep him fresh and we'll we'll start him against um, Leicester, but no sign of Ryan Andrews. He, he was on that bench. So that one confused me a little bit, but yeah. If I'm being honest, I wasn't very hopeful after seeing the lineup and knowing that Leicester was coming to town and there was like 11 points clear of the top of the table. Um, but Tom, how did you think about that starting lineup and how did you feel about it all? Yeah, I think it, it was a little bit reserved, but you know, as, as Cam said, you know, Leicester have been blowing everyone apart in uh, in this league, and I, I didn't think I think there were there were a number of Watford lineups that could have took taken to the fields. Um, to start that game, and you know, we would in all likelihood still have got beaten. There's just the golfing quality, I think. Um, you know, they're, they're quick, they're technical, and they've got that that know-how. Really, um, I, yeah. I wasn't too too disappointed. Really, um, I mean, I, I think my perspective is that the, the playoffs, I think, in all likelihood, are are gone for us. So what I want to see is I want to see us learn as much as possible now. So if it's if it's like um, you know, Porteous getting more game time and trying to get that. That rush streak out of him, I'm all for that. Uh, and, you know, watch him make mistakes, um, but hopefully learn from them. So, yeah, pl- players like that, um, you know, Tom Daly, um, Daly Bashir at right back as well. I think there was, obviously, well, you, what you take from that is that Andrews perhaps wasn't, wasn't fit, maybe, or couldn't, couldn't last the 90. Um, and I think the, the 60th minute triple change completely changed the, the dynamic of the game for us. You know, the, the three that Cam mentioned there that, they're always so dangerous for us. They they came on and, and, and took it to Leicester and for a time I thought we were you know, we were on the front foot for, for uh after they came on. Yeah, and looking at that starting lineup as well, I don't know whether you both agree with this or not. I also thought that Val probably had one eye on Tuesday night against Norwich and wanted to maybe keep Andrews and Esprit maybe a bit fresher. I mean yeah, because Norwich. I mean, it, it's our stomping ground, really. It's it's three point lane. I'm going to regret saying that now, but <laughs> that's where we're we're more likely to get points there than we are against the league leaders. So you can see the thinking there. But um, I think it was just important that the players who you know haven't been getting so many minutes, like Semmer and Lewis, it's important to get a bit of freshness in them. And that's why I was a little bit surprised that we didn't see Emmanuel Dennis start. I thought. He looked ready against uh, against Cardiff, and then he got that weak rest. I thought this is going to be the one where he starts, and yeah. But hopefully, you know, Tuesday night we can see a little bit more of him. Obviously, not going to start, but it's it's nice that we are sort of getting our squad back together, aren't we? And we've nearly, very nearly, got Edo Kayembe and, and Jeremy and Gakia back in the fold. I can't wait for Edo to come back and I can't believe I'm saying those words um, <laughs> but like I said last week there is an Edo Kiembe shaped hole in this midfield at the moment I can't wait for his return he offers us so much more um, going forward and physicality as well um, just want to say thank you for everyone watching tonight on YouTube and Facebook at the moment make sure you get your comments in uh, Mark's already popped up saying hello chaps Delhi was a surprise even more so when Andrews um, came on not for Delhi." Um and we're going to talk about that in a bit with substitutions coming up. But uh, it was actually Wesley Hoot's 50th appearance for Watford yesterday as well. So um, he joined in January last year and already wrapped up 50 appearances. And I think he's, he's, he's been very consistent for Watford since he's came in. Well, he's been very consistent minute by minute. He's, he's played every single minute this season. Um, and even when Val's asked him if he wanted to be rested for the cup games, he said that he wanted to play every minute. So that's why we've seen the inclusion of Wesley Hoot. So I just hope he doesn't pick up a niggly injury soon. But he, he will miss a game through suspension at one point. Um, I think he's getting close to the 10, which will end up being two games out. Um, so we'll have to see that soon. Um, but we will go straight into the team action now. And it didn't take too long until we made the substitution. Facun Bio pulled his hammy in a minute and a half. I bet you didn't have that on your bingo card, Cam. No, I really didn't. And it was honestly gutting because, you know, I'm I'm more of a fan of Facun Bio than most. I think that's probably just because I, I'm terrified of the alternative to Facun Bio. But um, I I think he he does a good job for us. And he, he runs the channel as he, he drops in to get the ball. Doesn't always come off, but he, he tries his best. And... 
Yeah, I think that's that's a bit of a blow for us, especially with, with Dennis allegedly not being ready. We're going to have to start Ryovic on Tuesday, and when we had to see Ryovic for the the next fifty eight minutes of the game, so yeah, it, look, it, it's far from ideal. And we just mentioned that we are getting players back in in Edo and and Ngakia. Well, we just lost a, a player, and and how costly is it looking now to to let Healy go and and not get a replacement? So yeah, we are we are stretched more thin than than we need to be. No, definitely. And it's 10 minutes into a game. Um, Tom, it didn't get much better. Watford conceded a penalty. Referee pointed to a penalty spot. It was uh, Dennis Pratt went down under a challenge from um, Georgie Chapadesky. Um, What was your initial thoughts on it? Did you think it was a penalty or did you think the ref was being a bit of a Pratt? Yeah, I think there were a few Pratt's at, at that stage. <laughs> I, I, was, I was livid watching that in the rookery. It was almost as though... Um, he kind of gave it as as he was uh, before he sort of fell. Really, that's what it felt like. Anyway, he he, he seemed to the Leicester player Pratt. We call him that as it's uh, it's fitting. He he seemed to sort of turn, and then he was halfway down before. Uh, I mean, it was it was a bit of a swing of the legs from from Georgie, but yeah, I, it was a real sort of Premier League uh, penalty for me. You know, it was just one of those where it's, it just wasn't enough to bring him down, and he was halfway down anyway. So. I think the referee made his mind up as soon as, as soon as he went, and you know, once you go one nil down, the first ten minutes at to Leicester, it's, it's going to be a very difficult road back. Mm. No, definitely. I thought it was a soft penalty. I didn't go to the game yesterday. I had a million things on, but I managed to have enough time to stream the game. Um, and I, I just thought it was really soft. And the commentator wasn't too convinced it was even a penalty either. Um, Cam, what did you think about it? I think if the rookery was officiating the game, then it would have never been a penalty. But um, I'm, I'm yet to see a conclusive angle that that really tells me there's no contact in that. I think it is quite clumsy from Chapatadze, and he does leave that trailing leg in, and it, it gives the referee a decision to make. But we we shouldn't be so open in the first place, and it comes from Jamal Lewis stepped into midfield by instruction, which is fair. He, he's being told to do that. But um, Ryan Porteous, he, he gave the ball away quite cheaply there, and... I think it was Abdul Fatawi, the Leicester player. Or was it? No, it was Pratt, wasn't it? And um, yeah, he he was just in acres, and he, yeah, he he does a um, he chops it onto his his other foot, and yeah, Georgie trailing leg decision to make, and and yeah, it's it's just not the start you need, is it? Against such a good team, you need to give yourself every chance you can. And I thought we did well until that point. I thought we were. We were controlling the game well. We had a lot of the ball and we were getting crosses in. But, yeah, just undid a, a bit of early hard work there. And it's very, very disappointing. Yeah, it was a kick in the teeth, wasn't it? Um, conceding a penalty so early on. And Ben Hamer got so close to keeping it out as well. He, he, he was nearly there. And I thought Hamer sort of saved the penalty away at Hull City earlier on in the season. And, and I thought, you know what? He's going to step up here and he's going to save it. And he was so close. He was inches away from getting a strong hand onto that. So, but Dakar just got enough power behind it. Um, and then it, it, Watford didn't really do too much the performance was there but we weren't testing the goalkeeper and we've said this for ages cam haven't we but we're just not working the goalkeeper enough and tom it came 34 minutes and Watford's first shot on target was from wesley who <laughs> from about 35 yards out and i think he was just just making sure there was a goalkeeper in the net at that point um what did you make of that first half performance from Watford? because it was maybe a little individual area to where we conceded the goal but other than that it looked like a committed performance yeah I, I thought it was you know it, it was inevitable that, that we would have to suffer a little bit and you know give up a, a bit of attacking threat in order to be a bit more stable um i, I thought we, we were relatively solid there and um you know i think livermore dropped into into the defense once um once Porteous went on a few of his sort of mad runs or uh, you know, we needed to. And I think his his intelligence positionally was was valuable in order to keep the score down, really. Um, I, I was happy with how it went the, the first half, certainly, um, just apart from the penalty, really. I mean, it's such a shame that, um, that, that we sort of went behind that quickly and it, it does change the game a bit. And I think the, the opportunity was always there for the second half to, 
to change things and, and kick on as, as it as it transpired, really. No, definitely. And Cam, I know you want to speak about the next bit with Ken Semmer and Jamal Lewis. I thought particularly in that left um, first half down that left-hand side, Ken Semmer was a, a massive threat. Um, do you want to just talk about the dynamic of those two and how it might work or not work to yesterday? Yeah, look, I, I got the feeling that if they sort of almost swap positions, it would have been a lot more effective because Ken Semmer was playing on the inside an awful lot of the game. He was sort of getting into the box and he, he was, you know, almost a central midfielder at times. Or Jamal Lewis, he was running on the outside, as you'd expect a fullback to do. There were a lot of times where Wesley Hoot played a ball over the top of the defence and Jamal Lewis was getting on the end of it. But it just would have suited Ken Semmer much, much more. And... Look, I thought both of them had a really good game. I've not been seeing Jamal Lewis's praises much at all lately. I don't think many people have, but I thought defensively he was he was immense yesterday. And um, Ken Semmer, he, he looked a lot sharper than than in his recent sub appearances. He he sort of he was quite he was a good outlet. He kept the ball well, and he he did drive us forward at times. And yeah, I just I got the feeling that we would have been a lot better suited to Ken playing on the outside. And that's why, uh, as good as Jamal was yesterday defensively, I'd love to see Ken play left-back with maybe Martins on the left wing or Dennis, just cutting inside and and leaving that room on the outside for, for Ken to make his runs. And I think it'd be a lot more effective. But um, no, I, w- I was quite impressed with both of them individually uh, yesterday. Yeah, I really liked Ken Semmer's performance. It's a shame he went off, but he was probably tiring because that was his first start. But in that first half, I thought he was a man possessed. Um, the amount of times Leicester was trying to pull him down because they couldn't get hold of him. Uh, I think um, Harry Winks ended up get, picking up a yellow card when he was just trying to make a challenge on him and pulled him back. But even Semmer got away from him and um, the ref had to come back to Winks to book him. But there were so many times he got away from his man. And I, with Jamal Lewis, I thought in that second half, there was a great recovery run where he, he managed to come across to block the ball to go out for a corner. And he came out of nowhere to get that. If, if he didn't do that, Leicester had a, a free shot at goal. So, uh, yeah, I agree. I think if maybe if they swapped positions, it might have worked better yesterday. I thought Jamal Lewis got in good areas, but he didn't really have the delivery to get the ball into a box where Ken would have got a good, decent ball in. And that's, I know we're talking about Rivic at times saying that he's doing nothing, but I don't think we're helping the causes by not putting balls into the box where he's going to attack. Um, where, where, where do you stand on that, Tom? Because we've not spoken to you regarding Rivic. Obviously, he's got nine goals for Watford this season. There's lots of negativity around him in the Watford fan base because he doesn't really offer too much. But do you feel like the team should maybe offer, help him out a little bit more, as in giving him a bit of service? Yeah, well, funnily enough, there's, a, there's an article on, on this in the, the current issue of the of, of Golden Pages where we sort of discuss scapegoats. Um, uh, and I, I feel as though Watford, Watford fans have always kind of got to got to find one. Um, and I, I do, I do acknowledge the some of the ire towards towards Rivic. He's not, he, he doesn't offer, he doesn't seem to offer a great deal. Um, you know, up front on his own, perhaps where you want, you know, someone of his frame to to hold the ball up better, to to just have a bit more of a presence up there. I don't think you can really argue with his, um, you know, the goals that he scored. They all seem to come from first, you know, one touch. You know, it's either a cross that's looped up into the air to attack, or you know, a, a well timed cross from from someone like Sema. Um, and I, I don't think I think we've really abandoned his strengths in the last few games. So, you know, the, the crossing to the penalty spot where it's like looped up rather than sort of drilled in. Um, and I, I think he's, he's shown improvements in his hold-up play as well. Um, it, it's easy to forget, I think, that, you know, he was playing Danish part-time football, you know, about a year ago now. And now, you know, he's playing in the, the championship. That, that's not an easy, um, easy path to take. I do think he has got more to give and he will improve. And I think this is the season where he can, it's going to go one of one of two ways effectively, as I see it. He's either going to take, take this year on, on board and, and learn and, and continue to grow and, and get, um, 
develop his his individual qualities and you know his strength holding up uh, holding up the play and everything or you know we're gonna we're gonna give up on him and I, i'm i'm personally not ready to to give up on him i think he's been as i said a bit unfortunate to not have the service that that he um benefits from really um for a lot of the games because we, we don't we kind of get to the, the edge of the box and we don't really know it doesn't seem as though there's a plan of, of what's what's going to happen are we are we a team that goes out wide and gets the ball in or are we a team that you know has a bit of finesse on the edge of the box and trying to work something through in which case he might not be he might not be the player for us um but i, I think it's, it's some of the stuff i've read is really harsh considering is the number of goals that he's got um that's my opinion. He's, he's obviously not the not the full rounded um, number nine striker that that you want in this division. But there's a reason why you know that not many teams have them because they're like hen's teeth. They're they're just impossible to find for for the budgets that we're running on. So I'd, I'd give him plenty more time and hopefully he can use the next few months to to get used to English football because it's, it's he hasn't been here long and I think he's got more to give personally. Yes, it's a big step up in quality, isn't it? Like you say, from the standard he was playing in a couple of years ago. We all saw the footage when we were signing him. There was videos of him scoring in car parks, it seemed like, with all the cars behind the goals. And it's came to like stadiums now of like 30,000, 40,000 stadiums. And it, it's it's a big step up in quality. Like the, the defence defenders in England is it's probably the hardest that he'll find you know, physicality-wise. And I, I do think we are seeing glimpses of him maybe improving his game outside of a penalty box. I'm not saying it's there. It's, it's by far being there. But, but there is glimpses of maybe he's improving slightly. Um, I, I just want us to... If we if we see that Val's picked Ryabich, I want Val to try and play to his strengths a little bit more because otherwise, Cam, it's like playing with 10 men, isn't it? You, well, you've got to try and put the ball into a box to him. If you're not doing that, then yeah, t- t- bring him off and play with 10 men. Yeah, well, no, I get your point about service, Tom. but um, and, and you can put that down to the fact that Ken Semmer and Jamal Lewis have been out who because we've obviously had Mateus Martins and, and James Morris playing that side, and that's obviously not as good service as as Ken and, and Lewis. But um, I think it's a lot harder to provide service when you, you just don't have anything up there to make the ball stick. And every time we have to go long, it is just going to come straight back because we, we've got nothing up front. Um, I got the feeling Ryovic came on not not because he's a, a good option to replace Bio, but as a stopgap until we could get Dennis on. Because, I I mean, you could see Val couldn't wait to get him off. And, yeah, I can see that, that Rajovic is improving his game slightly. But there's just so much work to do, isn't there? And he's, he's never going to have pace. So I don't think you can teach technique to a certain extent. And, uh, look, the movement is getting slightly better. I thought he made some good runs. And I thought he... Um, he he tried to hold the ball up a lot better yesterday, but but it's just not there, and and I don't think he's at all ready. So yeah, look, I I don't know, and I I think his goals, um, he's on he's on nine goals. He said, isn't he? So yeah, look, that on its own is impressive, but you've got to look a bit deeper. I think they all came in a little purple patch, and if you look at the goals he scored, they're very sort of. You know, they're clear-cut chances that you're not going to be creating every game and and they've completely dried up now. I mean, I think he's on one goal in, in 15 league games or something like that. So, yeah, look, I, I don't think he's ready at all. I don't think he uh, he should be playing at this level yet. I, I'm willing to give him a bit of time, but it's just really it's infuriating to watch a, a Watford team with effectively 10 men or just whenever he starts. Well, it sounds like Ryovic could do with playing against Rotherham soon. Um, he, he got a brace against them, Don't didn't he? Um, we've got Rotherham away on Saturday, so he'll probably be licking his lips at that one. Um, but um, yeah, went in half-time, nil-nil. Um, and then second half, I thought we started quite well again, Tom, really. I thought we was doing really well, and I thought we pinned Leicester back into their penalty box. 
And that's where maybe Leicester's second goal came from, wasn't it? We pinned them back and Ryan Porteous pushed right way up from an instruction of Val on one of the Leicester players and he easily got spun. And then next minute, the quick counter-attack from Ricardo Pereira, nice little one-two on the edge of a Watford penalty box and it's in the back of the net. But fantastic counter-attack in football. If you're playing counter-attack in football, they're the kind of goals you want to see from your team. And Leicester executed it perfectly. But that was, I thought it was against a runner play. Yeah, it, it, it's tough, isn't it? Because there was a period where we were really pressing pressing high up the pitch and we seemed to be worrying them and, and making them lose the ball. And uh, our, our goal came from came from that press. But clearly you can't do that. You can't do that all game, particularly against the, a side like Leicester. So you have to pick your moments. And their goal just came from, it was the, the perfect, as you said, like it, was a, it was the perfect counter-attack and it, it really showed their quality. There were some neat touches of great movement and it was just all very assured quick and it was deadly and it was exactly what what we want Watford to be really isn't it and you know what we perhaps were a few years ago um but yeah Porteous was a bit frustrating in that um in that particular the movement um you know obviously he was out of position and we couldn't get anyone back back quick enough to uh well he, he tried to hack down whoever it was that was running through the running through the midfield with the ball and he couldn't even catch him to to take his ankles out so um yeah it was just one of those where, where we got caught caught on the break by the better team i think yeah i know you want to speak about this goal cam as well yeah so we had a we we had a clear plan this game i think to sort of deal with how leicester play through the midfield and um this goal started with their goalkeeper on the ball what we were doing all game when their goalkeeper had the ball, we weren't pressing him. Uh, we had one of our centre-backs, they were taking turns and they were stepping into midfield, sort of man-marking Dennis Pratt and uh, and whoever the other central midfielder was. They were sort of taking turns to man-mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were taking turns to step up and man-mark a, a midfielder each. And, and what happened here was Kone just, I think he might have got a bit excited. He... Uh, he pressed the goalkeeper and um, that that's not what you do with these keepers. And then suddenly the whole pitch has opened up because we're a man short and they're a man up. So, yeah, and, and you got Porteous on, on the halfway line, which I don't blame him for because Wes Hoot was doing the same thing all game. It's just this time we happen to get caught out by it and, and that's a risky run playing against a team that, that's just so competent at passing through the midfield. So... Yeah, look, it's it's a good counter attack. They did really well, but we were just a bit naive with our press, and I thought the game plan was working perfectly un- until then, really. So it's it's a real kick in the teeth. Yeah, it was a kick in the teeth, and Val reacted from it as well. Triple substitution off the bench on the hour. Um, Espria, Dennis, and Andrews came onto the field for Rivich, Semmer, and Martins. Um, Tom, what have you made of Matthias Martins lately? Um, start of the season, he looked very effective. Uh, maybe a bit too predictable with coming cutting in on the on his right foot and curling it in, but it was working perfectly. Now he's maybe moved over to the other side of the pitch. He seems for me to have struggled a little bit. What? How, how have you made of him lately? Yeah, he seems to be seems to be a bit out of form, doesn't he? It, mm. Seems to be trying a little bit too hard for, from my perspective, um, and, and not taking the simple option. Um, you know what? What made him deadly in the early part of the season was, you know, was cutting in when he was playing on the wrong side and and rifling a ball in. Um, and he's been played played at various, you know, played both sides, but um, we're just not seeing that that. Um, particular type of movement from him. He seems to get to the byline and, and where Ken Semmer can bully his way past the defender, he's he's not been not able to do that. Um and he seems to get himself into trouble. Um uh, he isn't really getting getting the deliveries in. Um and he, he's not really offering anything for me when he's running through the middle in the, those rare occasions. So I think it's just a, a bit of a, a bad run of bad run of form from him. I, I think it's easy to forget he's just twenty years old. You know, he's yeah He's from uh, South America as well. It's, it can't be an easy, easy thing to come into the championship. You know, similar to 
similar to Rivic in that in that in that aspect. It takes a bit of time. Um, I think he's he's still very um, he's got bags of talent, um, and I, I just hope that he can find a bit of a bit of form towards the end of the season. I, I think he's a bit of a confidence player, um, mm. and I think he, he might be a bit a bit low on that as well at the moment. Yeah, I'm the same as you. I think he's just out of form at the moment. Um, and I do think he's more effective playing on that left-hand side where he's got the ability to cut in. But I, f- I think off the left-hand side is probably Watford's strongest, though, isn't it? With Yasser Esprit over there as well, Chapadesky as well. So it's quite hard. And Val's obviously preferring Yasser over on that left-hand side or, or Chak at the moment. So it's a struggle for Martins to maybe get back into where he's more effective. Cam, what, what have you made of um, Matthias Martins lately? Yeah, no doubt he's he's not quite having the impact on games that you'd want him to have. I, um, I, I agree that he's probably more effective on the left. He's very, very good at cutting in. But yeah, we have seen glimpses of, of what he can do on the right. And I was impressed with him when he got, when he first got moved there, sort of, uh, just before Christmas time, he, I thought he was—he looked great, and and now he—he's just not quite having an impact. He's not getting involved as much, and I thought yesterday his decision making was quite poor. And uh, yeah, there were one or few times he should have crossed it in. He—he he thought, no, I'll just—I'll chop inside, then chop back outside, then back inside, so on. Just wants to take on his man over and over. Just get the ball in because you've got a striker in there that at the very least, knows where to be. So, yeah, it's it's frustrating to watch him sometimes. I don't agree with the notion that he's not good enough. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter. I mean, you know what people on Twitter are like. They're, they're reactionary at, at the best of times. So, yeah, I've seen a lot of people completely write him off as a player. I don't agree with that. I think he's got a lot to offer. Um, I just want to see him back on the left and, and Yasser back on the right. And uh, I think we've got some in there. So, yeah, just, just frustrating to see his, his recent form. I've not seen any comments like that. Luckily, I'm getting quite good with predicting how Watford Twitter is going to work out. So I never go on after a defeat or a bad performance. And actually, mentally, I feel much better from it because uh, I just get wound up with it. I disagree with a lot of people's opinions. So I'm, I think I'm going to stay doing that for the rest of this season. Uh, Mark Schofield says, Martins is less predictable on the right. Dennis looks far better. Martin does get goals, though. And, and I've just had a quick look at Martin's stats for this season. So he's actually played 29 games in the championship, starting 19. He's got five goals and two assists. Uh, it's not bad for a 20-year-old from South America um, in his first full season with Watford. Um, so um, let's see how he carries on for the rest of the season. I just hope he rediscovers that form. Um, George White says it, it would be nice to see Ince get more minutes. Um, where do we stand with this? I personally would like to see Ince get more minutes. I don't think he's got much lately. And I, if anything, I've been slightly disappointed. He's, he's got next to nothing against Southampton in those two games. Even Chesterfield as well. I thought these are the games to maybe throw Tom Ince into it. Um, Tom, where do you stand with Tom Ince? Yeah, I think he's a, he's a capable player. He's a good good squad player for um for me um i I think like like a few players you just you need a run of a run of run of games to see what they're what they're really like and to get the best out of them really and i think he's been one that's not particularly benefited from um from certain players being in and out of the team uh i I thought he was quite sharp yesterday when he came on despite not having much game time in in the last few games but you know, you don't become a bad player overnight. He was ripping it up for Red, in a very poor Reading side last year. He's obviously still got it. I don't think he's really got too much uh, too much tread on the tyres, really, considering how many years he's played football. I think he's still got plenty to give. So I'd give him a run of games, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I would as well. I'd, I'd want to see him impact more off the bench and be given those opportunities. So Tom Ince in the Championship for Watford have played 20 games and he's only started eight games um, and he's got two goals and two assists. Um, so four, four goal contributions in, in eight starts, really, for Watford. So I, just, I want to see a bit more from Tom Ince. Um, Cam, what about you? Yeah, look, I'm quite torn on Tom Ince. I am... Um... I've always said he, he's an end product player. He's not someone you're going to give the ball to and he's going to help you get out of the pitch. 
he's someone you already need up the pitch and you just get him in a dangerous position and he, he'll have a bit of end product about him. But um, I just don't think he's been involved enough when, when he has played. I don't, I don't think he sort of, I don't think he imposes himself on games and, and it is quite hard to, to get him in dangerous positions. But I did really like the look of him yesterday. I, I thought he gave us exactly what we needed at the right time. He just sort of came on and, and he always offered for the ball and, and he looked quite sharp generally. I think he, he recycled possession quite well. And yeah, I wouldn't be against seeing him get more minutes. It's just about where do you put him because that central midfield is quite strong at the moment. And, and with Edo coming back, it's getting even stronger. And then the uh, the wings, I mean, we, we just talked about Martin struggling. So maybe there's a an opening for him there. But You've already got Yasser Espria, Ken Semmer, Emmanuel Dennis. Yeah. Uh, I just, I'm not sure where where you give Tom Ince minutes. So I think he is probably best used off that bench, and you know, give him minutes here and there. And you never know; we could get injuries, and he could get his chance to to really come in and try and stamp his uh, stamp his name down on that team sheet. So yeah, it's just it's nice to see that he is getting that second chance after. You know, he was so heavily linked with a move away, wasn't he? So, yeah, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd like to see a little bit more of him, I think. Yeah, George White says he can beat a first man, which helps as well. And I've, mm. I saw a good few balls into the box yesterday um, from Tom Ince, and he did impress me as well. Like you say, he did look hungry when he came on. Uh, Mark Schofield says, yes, Ince proves that he can do a job on the right or the left. His stats for Reading last season was very good with plenty goals and assists. Talking of goals, though, um, three minutes after that triple substitution, Emmanuel Dennis reopened his account for Watford in front of a rookery. I don't think he would have scored an easier goal, Tom. Um, kind of gifted on the plate from Harry Winks. I did have a little flash in my head, though, thinking, cool, he's going to miss this. Um, but luckily, he found the back of the net. Yeah, very, very fortunate. But, you know, it's, it's what his, his pressing deserved. And, yeah. yeah, sometimes you just you just get those, don't you? And it was uh, a gift courtesy of Hemel boy, Harry Wink. So, um, yeah, but he was <laughs> delighted with that one. <laughs> no, definitely. And it's, it's, it's Sam, it's uh, Sam Cam even, sorry. Um, <laughs> it, it's just <laughs> just great to see Emmanuel Dennis back on the score sheet, isn't it? And he's, he's looked brighter in each appearance that is featured for Watford since he's arrived back at Vicarage Road. Yeah, it was only a matter of time before we saw Dennis backfiring. I mean, there, there's been, you know, a few doubts about him on, on social media. And I myself sort of maybe thought, hang on, he's he's not fit enough. Is is he ever going to be fit enough? You know, how long is it going to take to, to get him ready? And it's only a short loan spell. But um, that that Cardiff game last week, he just came on and he was absolutely full of it. And and the same can be said about him yesterday because I, I thought he was fantastic again and and he had to sort of lead the line, which um, I think he's capable of doing that, but you're going to get him much more involved on the wing and ultimately you need your best player more involved. But nonetheless, I thought he, he led the line superbly and and we know we've got our problems there and we know we're quite well stocked on the wing, so... Let let's see more of Emmanuel Dennis as a number nine because that that's ultimately what we've been missing all season a number nine and and we've gone and got a, a fantastic player who's just way too good for the championship and he's he's showing that now and he's he's looking himself and and now we need to see him up front with with Espria with maybe Ken Semmer or Mateus Martins and and that front three right there is just brilliant for the level I think and yeah we'd. We do well to to keep it together next season, I think. Yeah, six hundred and sixty-five days since his last goal for Watford. Um, Tom, me and Cam have spoken about where we'd like to see Emmanuel Dennis start uh, start for Watford. Where do you think he's probably going to be the most effective, or where do you think he should be starting in his side? Oh, that's, that's a tough one, really. Um, yeah, he 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 showed showed. Showed himself well yesterday in the, in the number nine spot. He's obviously not a big bloke, um, you know. Strength isn't, you know, isn't a, a, a strength of his. Um, mm. But yeah, I think if we if we play to his, like I said earlier, you know, with the the type of play that 
that we have in and you know around the box. If we're playing the passing style, looking for little neat run-ins, little triangles, um, then he could be perfect in the in the number nine spot. Um, but equally, you know, as, as Cam and yourself have, have alluded to, there he is. He is better in that sort of wide attacker role, where he can take on players and um, you know get involved with with other the other forwards and the other people that are running on into the box. So, bit torn really on on what I think is his. Well, I think his, his best position is is sort of out wide, but it, it, I think it's going to ultimately depend on how we how we play as a team and what our approach is in the final third because we've not been effective up to now, really, um, with the, the various ways that we've tried to get the ball in the net. So if, if there's that, that clear um, that clear plan to link up with the, mid, with the midfield and the players behind him, I think he can be extremely effective in that position. Definitely. I, I think I think what now Bio's out, I think I'd want to see him down the centre, but as soon as Bio's back, I want to see him out on the wing. I think we can get the best out of him, and he'll be more effective on the, on the, on on that left hand side, um, or right hand side either. I, th- I think either wing you could play him, and I think he would do a job. Uh, like I, I know he did a great job with the press yesterday, and he, he got his goal. But there was still signs of it yesterday in the match where I was like, I want to see him more involved. And when when he's playing down the centre, I felt like we could have done with him out wide, and and I just thought. He he wasn't missing or anything, but we needed a bit of an injection of Emmanuel Dennis over on that right hand side, what we've seen in recent games, and I just wanted a, a little bit more. And but at the moment, we don't have the options, do we? Really going down the centre, um, so it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen going forward. But like we've mentioned earlier, Ryovich looks like he is going to be starting against Norwich because Val came out after his press conference wow. saying that. Dennis still isn't ready to to start, and I'm hoping that's with thoughts of maybe starting Dennis away at Rotherham. I, I, I'd like to see if he gets half an hour at Norwich Tuesday, but I think you've, you've sooner or later he's got to build up that belief and fitness to start games, and I think Rotherham would probably be a perfect opportunity for him to do that. Um, so then, in the seventy-two. Minutes, Watford made their fifth change. It was Chapvedeski off and Tomins came on. And nothing really happened too much after that. I think Tomins had a, a shot from distance. And then in the last couple of minutes, Yasser Spria took another shot from distance and it was deflected and, and, and just went wise. Um, but overall, Cam, 2-1 defeat at home to the league leaders, Leicester. I don't think we can walk away disappointed by the performance because I thought the performance was there. And if I'm honest, I think all of us going into the game probably thought it was going to be quite a big scoreline maybe. Um, But overall, happy with the performance? Yeah, look, with the run we've been on lately and and all the fixtures coming thick and fast, you sort of, you fear the worst going into a game like that, especially when you concede so early. But I thought we really dominated that game at times. Not, it wasn't perfect, and um, I don't think I, I guess domination is the wrong word. I thought we we controlled the game quite well, and you know we limited Leicester really well. I thought the game plan from Valerian Ishmael was more or less spot on. It was just about that quality for us, and we couldn't really you know create anything in the final third. Lots of crossing opportunities and. Um, nearly all of them went over the box, which obviously not going to score like that. So brilliant. Um, lots of lots of wayward passes in the final third as well, and ultimately we we just you could see which team uh, has been in the Premier League more recently, and and that was that was Leicester. So yeah, look, can't be too disheartened about it. I think mm-hmm. most of the individual performances were were above average and. And yeah, I, I guess uh, there's a lot to to take from that going into the the Norwich game on Tuesday, and and then it's Rotherham and then Huddersfield, so three really winnable games, and and it's time to start turning sort of these draws and narrow defeats in into wins because yeah. ultimately that's something we're not doing often enough. So yeah, hopefully hopefully just wasn't a one off, and and we see you know a continuation of that performance on Tuesday. No, definitely. And and Tom, did that performance give you anything that Watford might get something out of Norwich on Tuesday? Was it an encouraging performance? 
I think, yeah, encouraging is that's, that's probably the right word. I'm never particularly happy with seeing a defeat, yeah. but I think the manner of it was, was more positive than, than would normally be, particularly against a, you know, a very good side, as we've, as we've said a lot. I think with Norwich, um, we seem to have the, the beat of them recently. I've probably jinxed it. Um, I think we've won the last three at Carrow Road. So I think they're on a, a bit of a, a rocky patch with, with us as well. Um, I think they've lost uh, was it three of the last six, um, so they're they're around where we are, and obviously we got a recent history as well with the, you know recent Premier League um, parallels and the expectations there um, probably around the same as well. So it should be an entertaining game on Tuesday night, and hopefully we uh, you know we continue to show we're the, the Premier team playing in yellow. Uh, let's hope so anyway i'm making a journey to norwich um going on my larry um so that'll be an interesting evening um nice two and a half hour journey for me after work if anyone's going to norwich by the way and you want to meet up let me know drop me a message and i'll be more than happy to meet up with you because yeah like i say i am traveling on my own so billy no mates here so yeah it'll be nice to to meet some people and add to my friends uh, <laughs> uh but yeah I, i'm looking forward to it i think it's going to be a good game norwich are two places above us in the table four points above us um we've got a better goal difference but norwich they've, they've struggled a little bit un, over under david wagner this season and the fan base are a bit split on him as well and i think if we go over and get an early goal cam Carroll Road has been a bit toxic this season and they threw away 2-1 lead at QPR at the weekend and drew 2-2. Like, it's all about the early goal for me. Yeah, and there are a lot of parallels with with Norwich and Watford in that regard. I think, as, as Tom said, we've been on a similar path, but we've both had a lot of discontent. And, I mean, you saw, I, I mean, I wasn't there, but I can imagine what the atmosphere is like against Cardiff when we went behind and... I think it'd be similar if if Norwich go behind at home on Tuesday, because yeah, they they are definitely on their team's back. They're they're not quite on board with with um with what the higher ups are doing, and yeah, I, I think Norwich is a place you can go to and you can come away with with a good result. But look, I'm just looking for a, a really good away performance, and uh, I want to see I want to see Dennis get a lot of minutes. So. I want to see what Ken can do. Maybe he can he can get a full ninety now. So, yeah, look, lot, lots to look forward to, especially after Saturday. We um, we could be back on track, or that could have just been a a really spirited performance against a good team. We'll we'll see, won't we? And yeah, I, I am looking forward to it. But um, I do I do feel the worst for you going going all the way over there on a Tuesday night uh, after after all these wins we've had at Carrow Road recent years. You. I just get the feeling after everything we said on here, you could be going there to to witness sort of the curse being lifted. Well, yeah. The thing is, I was due to go to Swansea away on that Tuesday night back in October. But I, as you know, I had an issue with my eyes. So I couldn't go. I was ending up in hospital and that's so I was hours away from going to that before I had to go to Watford General and that was Watford's first win in nearly a year away from home and I ended up missing it so it's just typical but I'm going to Norwich Tuesday night and I'm probably going to fluff our pretty decent away record so if it does go tits up I do <laughs> apologize everyone um, <laughs> um Tom do you think not do you think, would you make many changes to the side for Tuesday night against Norwich? Obviously we know one change will definitely have to happen with Bio being injured, but what would you maybe look to do to that starting lineup? I'd like to see us have a go at them from the off, really. Um, bring a, a few of our attacking players in. Uh, I'd like to see Mart, um, not Martin's Andrews back. Um, I'd like to see Espria involved from from early on, if not the you know from the from the start. Um, uh, yeah, maybe Semmer as well. Um, see if he can get more minutes than him. Yeah, just. I'd like to see us have a go, take the take the hand off the handbrake, and um, you know really bring the game to them because I don't think we've got anything to be worried about, particularly with Norwich, um, and I think we're we're due a, a decent a decent performance. So that's what I'd like to see. Um, whether it happens or not, <laughs> I guess we'll see, won't we? <laughs> Cam, what about you? Any changes to the team that you'd like to be done? 
yeah, I mean, I completely echo what Tom said. We, I was really shocked to see Ryan Andrews and Yasser Espria on the bench on Saturday. And I, I think we need to see both of them starting because ultimately, even though Yasser hasn't been as effective lately, he's probably our second most talented player behind Emmanuel Dennis. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see him back in. And, and Ryan Andrews, just get a bit of pace in the side, get a, a more orthodox right back. I I think Tom Deli Bashiri was quite good on on Saturday, and it, it might be quite harsh to drop him. But he's ultimately he's ultimately not a right back, and and he does struggle in in the right back part of the role. So yeah, I'd, I'd definitely put Andreas back in. We'll obviously see Ryovic, um giving a go, won't we? Because Dennis isn't ready, and Bio more than likely unavailable for it. So. Yeah, I guess that means you've got to go with Ken, haven't you? I think that's your best way of, of force-feeding Ryovic a goal. So, yeah, I'd definitely go with Ken. And um, look, I'd, I'd hope to see Edo Kayembe and, and Jeremy Ngaki are on the bench and maybe we can get them some minutes. But other than that, I, I think the team more or less picks itself. Uh, actually, there is one, one debate Valerian Ishmael might have with himself. Obviously, he's been... Sort of, uh, sort of rolling a dice to see who plays alongside Wesley Hoot lately, and and obviously went with Ryan Porteous, but Matty Pollock's had a little run in the team, so there's a decision to make there. But maybe controversially, I'd I'd probably stick with Ryan Porteous just because of his confidence on the ball. I I don't know what you think to that. I think I'd give Ryan Porteous a game because I think he'd be out suspended soon anyway. So Pollock will get another crack at the whip anyway. So I think I'd end up playing Porteous anyway. Um, and also, it's um, it, it'll be an interesting game Tuesday purely because of who Norwich have got up front, Ashley Barnes. Wes, do you remember the, the battle between Wesley Hoot and Ashley Barnes at Burnley away last season? Classic. I, I really rated Wesley Hoot after that one, but throwing in Ryan Porteous, another shit house as well against Barnes. It, I think it'll be an interesting game. But the one that scares me a little bit is is Josh Sargent. He's been out <coughs> injured for a while, but he's came back and hit the floor running and got plenty of goals already. Um, so they've definitely got a really strong side there. Um, but I think I'd probably look to start Ryan Porteous at the back still with Wesley Hoot. Um, the next thing I want to talk about quickly before we start wrapping it up, um, Tom, is there was talk that Watford have offered new contracts for three senior players um, and they are Jeremy Ngakia, a four-year contract's been offered um, and then there's negotiations re regarding Ben Hamer and Jake Livermore. Uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on the Jeremy Ngakia one. He's, he's out of contract at the end of the season, but he's been offered a four-year deal. Yeah, I, I, I find it a, a difficult one to swallow for a player that's been out for so long um, with injury. I think he's... he's I don't, I'm not sure the stats, but in about three or four years, he's pay, played about 40 games or something. It's, it's something along those lines, but I, I don't think we should be. I think it's a, it's a bit of a signal of intent. I think, and it worries me about next season and what we're going to do in the summer if if this is our priority is to to sign a Gakia to to a bumper deal. And it, it, there's there's elements of the Backman deal about it as well. You know, a little <laughs> bit hasty um, in my opinion. And I, I, I just unless he's on really really favourable terms. I'm I'm struggling with with the Ngaki deal to be honest. Yeah, for me, with him being out of contract at the end of the season, like, I don't mind if we're offering him a new contract because Watford want him to be part of the team. But the the issue I've got is the four years, considering the amount of games that he's played lately, he's obviously very injury prone, and also offering him a new contract. It says to me that we wouldn't be looking to recruit a new right back in the summer either. So then we'll be going into the season with Ryan Andrews and Jeremy Ngaki again. And then we'll be stuck with the same issue again of having one right back being fit because then Jeremy Ngaki will be on the sidelines again. Um, Cam, where, where do you sit with the four-year contract for Jeremy Ngaki? Look, I am going to play devil's advocate a bit here. Um, maybe because I feel Jeremy Ngaki is unfairly slagged off by a lot of people. But... Um, I see a, a bit of value in in giving him a new deal, and 
me and you were on the pod, I think it was last week, talking about the January transfer window and subsequently how much work we have to do in the summer. And yeah. I, look, I, I think this is just one of the things we've been forced to do because of the situation we're going to be in. Um, it, it's another body in the door. It's look, Ryan Andrews has proven that he's a championship right back and, and he's going to be our right back for hopefully for next season. But he's, he's a good starting right back. Now, you'd have to go out there and, and get another right back who who's happy to sort of be be deputy to Ryan Andrews and look I think Jeremy Ngakia sort of knows his place as um he, he's gonna come in for Ryan Andrews whenever we need him to uh providing he's fit which is rare but yeah I, I think it, it's something we probably needed to do and I don't think Jeremy Ngakia is at all a bad player I, I think he does have a lot of quality he sort of plays the midfield role that that Val quite likes uh very well and let's not forget he was sort of getting getting as many minutes as Ryan Andrews before the injury so yeah I do see the value in in extending his contract but as you say he he's injured nearly all the time and uh you you could say you know he's sat there taking a wage and, and not really paying if uh playing if he keeps getting injured so yeah, it's look. It's a situation we're in where these players are are going to have to be be signed up on on longer deals. And I'm not saying I 100% agree with it, but I can sort of see the thinking more than I did with the uh, the new Backman contract in the summer. Yeah, I, I just thought maybe like a, a two two year three year contract would have been enough. Mm. I just thought. A whole four years, and like like Tom says, it's like Daniel Batman vibes, really, with like the length of contract. Um, so I'm not surprised that the Pozos have done it um, like this, but maybe they see adding like a four year contract will add to his market value. There was rumours of other clubs looking at him last season, like Hull City, for example. He's been linked with Cholton in the January transfer window as well. Um, so maybe they're looking to maybe increase value. Um, to the squad as well by giving him a, a longer contract, um, possibly. Um, but it, it would be interesting to see because it's just rumoured at the moment from um, Adam Leventhal, but I imagine this is pretty concrete and it's it's all happening. So we'll have to see for the, the announcements soon from Watford FC. Um, but yeah, I think we'll probably wrap it up there. Um, just quickly before we go, I just wanted to plug something for our friends over at the WD18 um, channel. Um, so they've got their WD18 Cup coming up on Saturday, the 23rd of March. It's between 12 and 5 at West Hearts Sports Club. So basically, if you've not heard of it already, it's they're going to put on a seven-a-side football tournament. Um, there will also be a raffle auction, um, and there's a bar, and there will be food and soft drinks available as well. And there will also be family activities on show as well um, so this is a really good opportunity for the wd18 to raise money for two charities um, i think watford peace hospice and also hertfordshire mind as well and um, so really good two charities um, to get behind as well um, so the teams that will be um, featuring in the tournaments are all paying to compete in this and all the money's going towards the charity so they're looking to raise three thousand pounds for the charity so if you can it'll be fantastic if you can all donate it's a fantastic cause and it's also during the international break as well so there'll be no football going on at the moment so if you, if you are free and available and want to get involved just drop jacob and the boys a message on um, twitter uh, and and get involved. I think they've also asked for people to donate um, like cookies or baking um, like cakes um, as well where they can um, sell on the day. So please do get involved. And special announcement, I will be featuring in the football tournament as well. I have put my Monday night six-a-side team in it as well. Um, so I'm really looking forward to um getting involved so if you do want to have a look at me in action uh maybe scout me for a Watford team see if I can do a number nine role might be a bit better than a certain Danish striker no I'm sorry Ryovic I'm sorry you yeah, have got nine goals I don't think I'll probably get nine goals in the championship but yeah 
ha have a look and come down on um saturday um the 20 I've, I've lost it now what was it the 23rd of march but yeah thank you for all watching tonight we do really appreciate it if you have liked the video hit that like button and get involved in the comments as well let us know who you think will be in the starting lineup against norwich let us know your score predictions as well and like i said i am traveling to norwich so there will be a match day vlog appearing on our youtube channel and me and mike will be going live straight after the norwich game as well so when i'm back in the car driving back to hertfordshire i will be doing a live podcast with mike so there's going to be lots of content out this week and um, so stay um stay peeled on our social media platforms but yes we'll be back tuesday night for norwich city away so we'll see you there come on you ones Podcast Network.